You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. If you have your Bibles open to Numbers chapter 13, it'll be a few minutes before we get there. We begin a new series today on vision, God's vision for your future. As your pastor who loves you deeply, I want very much to help you get to the place in your life that one day when you stand before God, that you'll be able to say, I fulfilled the vision you gave me for my life. That's why we're going to do this series. You cannot fulfill your vision until first you see it. And then that's when you will begin to understand it. Proverbs 2019. I want you to say this verse with me. Let's go. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Perish is not a good word, is it? But we're not going to talk about that. You have to have vision because where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, what does that mean? Well, there are at least three results of not having a vision for your life. And I want you to write these down if you're taking notes. Number one, an unclear vision leads to indecision. James 1.8 says this, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Without a vision for your future, you're just drifting, wandering, and rambling through life. Not really living, just existing. You have no goals, no purpose, no plan or meaning. You just let life happen to you. And I don't want that to be for you in 2022. When you don't have a vision, you waste time and miss opportunities. Without a vision, you're a poor steward of life. You just end up coasting. As you know, when you're coasting, you're just always kind of headed downhill. This leads to indecision. Next, that's it. That leads to, but the next one is division. Not just indecision, but it leads to division. Now, what does division do? Division causes people to go different ways in different directions and be divided on things. If you're unsure where you're headed, don't expect anyone else to go with you, marry you, or agree with you because everybody's just going to head off in a different direction since no one has a clear path. The lack of clear vision is one of the causes of all the division in America right now. Here's an interesting verse from Proverbs 28, and I want you to hear it out of the message. It says this, when a country is in chaos, are we in chaos? Everybody has a plan to fix it. Amen? Just turn on the news. Everybody's got a plan to fix it. They're all going in different ways, different directions, division. But it takes a leader of real understanding to straighten things out. Vision is the answer to division. Lastly, an unclear vision also leads to collision. In other words, without clear direction for life, it's inevitable that at some point you're going to crash. For many people, life is just a series of collisions, collisions in relationships, confrontations, financial crisis, personal crisis, 
collisions one after another. They go from one dead-end relationship to the next or from one dead-end job to the next. Life's kind of like a bumper car. You ever been in that? You just kind of get hit from all sides. Now, the Bible warns us of the damage of not following God's vision for our lives. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, Holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected, and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. That's a collision. On the other hand, a vision for your life requires hard work. That's why a lot of people don't have one, because it requires faith. It requires thinking. It requires prayer and seeking God. All the things we're going to talk about in this series. So if you just make up a vision for your life, you're no better than just coasting. What you want is God's vision for your life. And that is the result of seeing things clearly, seeing with eyes of faith rather than eyes of fear. Did you hear that song today? Fear doesn't stand a chance when, you, when we stand in your love. When you stand in God's love, your fear doesn't stand a chance. So we need to understand this morning in the Bible, Jesus has a lot to say about vision, about how you see things and about blindness. In fact, the Bible says that blindness is always a metaphor for just having a closed mind. When he talks about people who are blind, he's talking about their minds being closed, not open to what God wants to say. Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23, a very familiar passage, is a passage we'll come back to in this series on vision because Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now, Jesus, Jesus is saying, if you don't really see things clearly, correctly, truthfully, you may think you're living in the light, but you're really living in darkness. And you're missing all these wonderful things that God has in store for you. And you're missing all these other things. We've all heard the expression, what you see is what you get. In many ways, that's actually a biblical statement. Now think about that. We're going to look at the implications of that idea through many scripture verses during this series. And today I want us to look back at a story in the Old Testament that I mentioned last Sunday that involves Moses and the Jewish slaves who had just been freed by God from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And the background of this story is found in Numbers 13 and 14. And God had promised these uh, freed slaves a homeland. Y'all remember that? Which is called what? The promised land. It represented their future and their inheritance that God wanted them to enjoy. And it would become the land of Israel. Now they've gone through the Red Sea. They had crossed the desert. Then they come to the edge of the promised land. And Moses chooses 12 representatives, one from each of the 12 tribes. And you remember that 12 people went in to spy out the land. This is a fact-finding mission. In other words, it's a vision trip. He says, I want you to go in and check it out and return with a vision report. And in verses 17 through 20 of Numbers 13, it says, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, 
go up into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, if you're taking notes, circle that phrase and see. Now, why did Moses do this? Because Moses was a great leader. Why did he send these spies on a vision trip and ask for a report? Here's the reason. Before people can succeed with a goal, they must see the goal. Some of you are goal-oriented people. You understand that. You see, if you're a leader, you need to understand that. We can only accomplish the impossible if we first see it in our minds. Everything that's ever been accomplished in history started as an idea in someone's mind first. You have to imagine it. You have to see it. Sometimes you must taste it, but you definitely have to visualize it. So look at verses 21 through 23. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zen to Rehob, near Lebo Hamath. They went up into the Nagab and came to Hebron, Ahimon, Sheshai, and Talmai. The descendants of Anak were there. And they came to the valley of Eshcol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. This promised land was so incredibly fruitful and prosperous, they're bringing back jack fruit. Now, have you ever seen a cluster of grapes that large that two men had to carry it on a pole? I haven't. You haven't either, have you? I mean, that's pretty good, isn't it? This is a supernatural miracle crop. Then verses 25 through 26 says, At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them, to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, all this sounds really promising, but there's a vision problem. You see, two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, looked at their future through the eyes of what? Faith. But the other ten looked through the eyes of what? Fear. See the difference? My question is, this year, as we start 2022, are you looking at this new year with the eyes of faith or the eyes of fear? After experiencing 2021, are you looking at this new year with fear or with faith? Or are you expecting more of the same? Are you expecting God to do something great in your life this new year? How you see this year will make all the difference in the world. And this story shows us what happens when your vision of the future is based on fear instead of faith. Looking at the future with fear, which 10 of the spy, 12 spies did, causes all kinds of problems. In fact, the story illustrates all five or so of the traps, maybe six that we fall into. So looking at the future in fear causes problems. Number one, we learn from this story. When I look at the future in fear, 
I overemphasize the negative in my life. I overemphasize the negative in my life. Look at verses 27 and 28. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, now pay attention to the word, however. Once you head down that that road of doubt, you're going to see with eyes of fear. And here's the conflicting information. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. When you overemphasize the negative, it creates more stress in your life. Now, of course, life is filled with negatives, right? Everything is broken by sin on this earth. Not all news is positive. But do you have a choice in what you focus on, what you emphasize, what you listen to, and that is going to directly affect your happiness in this new year? So two of the spies had the eyes of faith, and the other ten has the eyes of fear and delivered negative news. By the way, I think the rate ratio in the news today is about the same. For about every positive thing you hear on the news, there's about five more negative things that you will hear, stories. Experts say negative news spreads about ten times faster on social media than positive news. Amen. Number two, the second trap. When I look at the future in fear, I pay too much attention to what others are doing. I pay too much attention to what others are doing. Verse 29 says this, The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. What are you saying here? What's the point? It is a scarcity mentality. What they're saying is there won't be enough for us this year. All the good land is already taken by the other tribes. That's really, there's just really no room for us in this promised land. There aren't enough resources for everybody. We heard a lot of that the past couple of years, haven't we? There's not enough. Everybody's trying to get it for themselves. Now, if you look at this new year through the eyes of fear, you too are going to develop a scarcity mentality, which is going to create a lot of stress in your life. And you'll say, all the good experiences are gone. All the good jobs are gone. Man, all the good men have already been married. All the houses are already bought. You're going to look around with a scarcity mentality. Instead, you must look with the eyes of faith. Number three, third trap in the story. I underestimate the abilities that God has given me. When I look at the future with fear, instead of eyes of faith, fear causes you to bury the talents. Just like the parable Jesus told. Numbers 18.31, the men who had gone with Caleb said, We can't attack those people because they are stronger than we are. We can't. You see, you're understanding their own ability. They're understanding their own ability, or more importantly, God's ability. Did you know that people who always say, I can't, and people who always say, I can, are both right? 
Why? Because fear creates self-fulfilling prophecies. A vision based on fear rather than faith is going to limit you your entire life. You're going to miss opportunities. You're going to waste talent that God has put inside you. And you're going to set yourself up with self-fulfilling and self-defeating predictions. Job says this in chapter 3, verse 25. What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I believe a lot of people in this world with sickness, and I've seen it with cancer patients. There are some that will live five years longer with someone with the same cancer because of their attitude. Self-fulfilling prophecies. I feel that all the time. See this all the time. Attitude makes a world of difference. So let me ask you a very personal question. What are you setting yourself up for this new year? With your attitude, how are you seeing yourself? Are you looking at your own abilities as I'm inadequate? I'm incapable? Are you looking at your life in faith or in fear? The spies with fear-based vision, saw themselves as what? Inadequate. Look at this. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. The Hebrew word, Nephilim, means giant. You see what they're saying there. We see ourselves as insects. They said these people are going to eat our lunch. The Nephilim, these giants, they're bullies, they're tyrants. They're like NFL linebackers. And they say we saw ourselves as grasshoppers with our own eyes. That's a pathetic self-image. We're insects. We're bugs. They're going to squash us. Notice that sentence. We seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seem to them. What are they doing? They are projecting their fears on others. You agree with that? One of the problems with fear-based vision is you project your fears on everybody else. In other words, if you think you look a certain way, you think everybody else thinks you look that way. It's a trap. I mean, I'll give you an example. I've been here eight years. We've gone through a lot of things. We've done a lot of uh, reconstruction, renovation. There were people that doubted that we could even pay the loan off. And by God's grace, we paid it off two years earlier. That's a God thing. But there's going to be some other things that we'll be doing this year that will require eyes of faith, and we cannot stand around with eyes of fear. The fourth trap of vision with fear instead of faith is this. I infect others with my negativity. Now, I don't know about you, but I just don't like to hang around negative people. Huh? You do? I don't. I love to hang around positive people. Did you know that fear is contagious? Did you know that negativity is contagious? Did you know parents can pass on fear to kids 
and it can actually be passed from generation to generation. Verse 32 says, they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land. They didn't just keep it to themselves. So this is what happens when you become afraid, you start talking negative and you start talking, you start complaining. I've never heard of anybody negative or complaining in the Baptist church, have you? This is why the Bible tells us not to hang out with negative people. Proverbs says this. He says it many times. Don't hang out with scoffers and cynics. Don't hang out with negative people, critics, and complainers. You see, one of the other things I noticed the past couple of years, you probably noticed it too, is how many conspiracy theories have popped up. Now, we had more conspiracies than we've had in decades. Now, whether you got a vaccine or whether you didn't get a vaccine, I promise you, I know a lot of people that's got vaccinated. And I have not seen them grow a tail. I've not seen 666 come across their head. I'm not telling anybody what to do and what not to do. There are a lot of conspiracy theories even now. You need to understand that. We had more conspiracy theories than we had in decades. And the problem was many Christians were falling for those theories too. And they were actually passing them on. Why? They were listening to negative reports. You know what? If you start some conspiracies this year, let me give you a verse to turn to. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 12 says this. Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy. And do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. That's what God wants you to do. Don't think every conspiracy is conspiracy. Don't fear what they fear. Don't let it terrify you. A fifth trap. If you don't have eyes of faith, I make myself miserable. Miserable. Have you ever been miserable? Here's what happened after they came back with this fear-based report. Look at uh, Numbers 14, verses 1 and 2. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Y'all remember what Moses did, right? Moses, the guy, had led them out of slavery. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would that we had died in this wilderness. Are you kidding me? They cried and moaned. I mean, they wept. They're having a full-blown, what I call, pity party. Now, these two verses are very important because you know that you're looking at life with eyes of fear when the four warning lights that are in this verse show up in your life. They are. Now, notice these four things. Your sadness increases. It says they wept all night. They were depressed. And sometimes depression is caused by fear. Depression can be caused by a lot of different things. But one, sometimes it can be caused by fear. So see that your sadness increases. Number two, your complaining increases. Has your spouse noticed you complaining more lately? It says they grumbled. Why? Because they were afraid. Third, 
You start second-guessing your leaders. I've never been second-guessed in my life. Third guess, fourth guess, fifth guess. It says, all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They said, we wish you hadn't led us here. You're doing a lousy job of leading us. Sometimes I know how Moses felt. Being a leader can be hard sometimes, right? I see several of you agree with me. Same is true in the church as in the secular business world. And fourth, you want to go backwards. They said, would that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would that we had died in this wilderness? You don't want any of those things, but those things are signs that you're living based on a vision of fear rather than a vision of faith. So what's the antidote? The antidote is develop a life vision of faith. Develop a life vision of faith. Well, that's what we're going to look at in the weeks ahead. This is an introduction, but the antidote in a sentence is you need to develop a life vision of faith. You need to see through the eyes of faith, not fear. And we're going to learn how to do this during this series. Now, there were two guys, as I said earlier, who were the minority report. Caleb and Joshua, they were the only two who eventually got into the promised land. The rest died in the desert. God led them out there. In verse 30 of Numbers 13, Caleb said in faith, here, But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. He said, let's do it right now. Stop defeating yourself with what I call, and you've heard this before, with the paralysis of analysis. Do it now. You defeat fear not by arguing against your fears. You defeat fear with movement. Not by discussing it, not by focusing on it, but by opposing it, doing the thing you fear the most. That's what Caleb said. In Numbers chapter 14, verses 7 through 9, here's what Joshua said. The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, we will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us, do not fear them. In other words, we're depending on the promise of God. So he says, don't rebel. We have no reason to be afraid of the people who live there. You know why? Because the Lord is on our side, and they won't stand a chance against us. Hear this. One plus God is a majority. One plus God is a majority. God plus you. If God is for us, who can be against us? But sadly, they chose, listen, to believe the majority report of fear, not the minority report of fear. And they all died in the desert over the next 40 years until a new generation grew up and they were allowed to go into the promised land. Hebrews 3.19 says this, 
So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. That's probably one of the saddest verses in the entire Bible. It makes me wonder when I read it. What blessing of God am I missing out on because of unbelief? You see, to me, hell would be this. Hell would be if God were to show me what he could have done in my life and if I would just believe a little bit more. I want to ask this question as we start a new year. What blessing of God are you missing right now simply because you don't believe? You're looking at the future through the eyes of fear instead of faith. Well, we're going to get into all the details in this series, but the starting point for getting God's vision for your life is to first put your trust in Jesus Christ if you have not done that. And you need to ask him to put his spirit in you. It's the only way you'll ever be able to see with eyes of faith and the only way you'll ever be able to get God's vision. John 3, 3, Jesus said this, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. You see, you can't see God's vision unless you're born again. You see, when you're born physically, you get the five senses, right? Right? Hearing, taste, touch, the smell, sight. When you're spiritually reborn, born again, you can see things that you didn't see before. You can hear things you couldn't hear before. You sense things you didn't sense before. Unless you're born again, you can never see all that God has in store for your life. So here's the first step I want you to start this week. Stop listening to your feelings and stop looking in fear and start living in faith. Believe that God's going to help you through this new year. Believe God will help you, and you will see God help you. I'll end with this story. Jesus had some friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and they were two sisters and a brother. Remember that? Remember, Lazarus died, and Jesus raised him back to life. And when he did, he reminded Mary and Martha in John eleven forty. 40. He said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Would you bow your heads with me as we close, as we get ready for our invitation, with every head bowed and every eyes closed? Here's the question. How badly do you want to see God's glory in your life in 2022? You've got to stop nursing your worries. They just get bigger. You've got to make some commitments in faith. You've got to step out and move against fear. Now, if you've never given your life to Christ, it's time to be born again. Only then can you start seeing with spiritual eyes. And if you're already a Christian, would you stop listening to the negative reports? Would you go over these five things we just talked about and say, God, I don't want that in my life in this new year, in 2022. Father, I thank you that you took us through 2021. I thank you that you have a great new future for us. You said, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not to harm you, but to prosper you. And so this morning, Father, I pray that today, as we start a new year together, 
that we would lay aside the eyes of fear and we begin to see with eyes of faith and that we would get your vision for our lives. We don't want division in our lives. We don't want division in our church. We don't want a collision in our life. We don't want the negativity of the indecision in our lives. What we want is you, Father. If you're here this morning, you've never invited Christ in your life, why don't you just say this? Jesus Christ, I want to be born again. I ask you to put your spirit in my life. I realize I need you. Forgive me of all my sins and help me to follow you. I want to learn to trust you and love you. And I want to see your vision and your purpose and plan for my life in this new year. Please accept me into your family. For those of you who have already prayed that prayer, pray this. Father, today, I want to switch from eyes of fear to eyes of faith. And I don't want to fall for any of these traps that we just looked at in today's text. Instead, I want to trust you and expect great things from you and attempt great things for you. Father, I want to be a man of vision. I want to be a woman of vision in 2022. And I ask you to give me your vision. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.